The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. Hey, thanks so much for joining us for another edition of Winning Ponies. I think we're going to have a great show. Uh, have uh, our first guest is a guy that I've always admired, and I made a lot of money off back in his riding days, and that was none other than the cat, Wayne Catalano. Well, uh, Wayne's one of the rare breed. Uh, there's a few of them out there, like Wesley Ward, that was able to take a successful jockey career and and turn it into a successful training career at the heights of the sport. As you know, uh, Wayne Catalano has uh, uh, created some amazing uh, Breeders' Cup winners. He's won three Breeders' Cup races. Uh, He Back in the day when when, when he was a a jockey, I mean, he was second only to uh, Steve Cawthon back in 1977. We know how hot Cawthon was. But, uh, boy, you know, when he shattered Larry Snyder's mark at Hazel Park, 176 wins. Uh, He was the second leading jockey in the nation. And uh, there's a book that we reviewed a while back, Jat from Grick to Glory, written by Chris Katulak. And we had Jack Van Berg on, and he was talking about some of the guys that came out of his school. There's a uh, entire chapter called The Disciples, and uh, Wayne Catalano was considered the third disciple of the Jack Van Berg school. The other two to come out of there were Bill Mott and Frankie Brothers, and what a career all of those have had. So we're going to talk to Wayne not only about his upbringing, and uh, I guess he was quite the rascal as a young man and kind of got turned over by his mother to Van Berg, who gave Van Berg permission to treat him like a a Marine. Uh, But we're going to talk about the fact that he has not one but two horses uh, that are in the top points in the Kentucky Derby and the Kentucky Oaks. Uh, Of course, in the Derby, it's uncontested. We'll talk a little bit uh, about his race in the Southwest, and we do believe he came out of it in pretty good order and where he's going to go next. And then this week, uh, the Rachel Alexandra, what a matchup this is. You've got Farrell, winner of the Golden Rod, who came back with an impressive debut at the fairgrounds, versus Valadorna, who's a filly that's also nominated to the Triple Crown. Uh, She was second in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies behind Champagne Room, and she made her debut at the fairgrounds. Again, both of them at a mile and 70, and she was one to five and got up by a half length, uh, but it was still pretty impressive by the daughter of Curlin. So uh, we're going to have those matching up in the Rachel Alexander, and we're going to be asking the cat, 
what he thinks about his chances. So we'll be talking about the career of Wayne Catalano. And then Gary Johnson's been on the show uh, quite a few times because of his handicapping skills and some of the contests uh, that he's won. Uh, He's an excellent handicapper. But after 10 years on the road competing in handicapping championships and making his living that way, he's decided that he wants to roll out of bed early in the morning and return to the life of a trainer. Of course, uh, uh, Johnson was the leading trainer at Thistledown for seven years in a row when he first started training, and he had quite a few winners, too, at other tracks in that area, uh, particularly a Mountaineer Park. So uh, he had a huge uh, stable at one time with 150 horses. Anyhow, he just said the lure of the track is... uh, just too much, and he wants to do it while he still can. So we're going to be talking to Gary Johnson, and we're going to be handicapping uh, the top races of Saturday. I already alluded to uh, the Rachel Alexandra that will have Oaks points. Again, we're in the championship series now, so uh, big points are up for grabs out there. Uh, And then also at the fairgrounds, we've got the Risen Star uh, that has points for the Derby. And uh, then also... uh, Oaks points for the Busher at Aqueduct. So we'll be talking to Gary Johnson about those races. Um, I hope you've been pulling down the easy win forms. Another big week, really doing well at, at, at Gulfstream Park. Uh, just uh, yesterday, $1 Super 5 box that paid $2,420. Rewind about five days before that, a 50 cent Super High 5 that paid 2345 And on the 18th, a $1 Super High 5 that returned 1520 So it's been really, really hot at Gulfstream Park lately, but it's not the only track we're hot at. And there's good racing uh, all over the, the country this year. Again, I already told you the ones we're going to look at, but Fairgrounds has a huge stakes card so i'm sure there's going to be some great multiple bets you're going to want to pull down the easy win forms try to get a jump on that so that and gulfstream's offering uh, several stakes at the same time it's going to be a big weekend at sam houston too well on the bad news side of things sad to say uh, just a few weeks ago we were talking about the return of charismatic with uh jen royer and what the horse meant to her and uh the the, the story uh, that that she wrote and she won an eclipse award recently for her writing uh but uh, charismatic who just was brought back to old friends uh december 4th passed away in his stall uh, february 19th and i was with michael blowing uh, just the the night before and he was in great spirits everything was going good he was telling me i had to come out to the farm and see him i told him i'd give him my derby shot of him that he could use and uh sad to say he was discovered early sunday morning in his stall uh, just to rewind a little bit about charismatic's career he's bred by parish hill and will Farish, trained by d wayne lucas won the 1999 derby Remember, this was a horse that at one time was a claiming horse. Then he won the Preakness Stakes. And, of course, we all remember that dramatic moment in the Belmont Stakes when he suffered multiple fractures in his left front leg. And Chris Antley did such a, a beautiful job dismounting from him and, and, and pretty much saving him for stud duty. Um, he did stand in the U.S. for a few years after retiring with earnings of just over $2 million. 
relocated to Japan in 2002 and came back. And so what they did finally determine after examining him that he had broken his pelvis somehow in the stall. So uh, a big blow uh, to Michael Blowen and our friends at, at Old Friends Farm, a great farm. And then in the same week, another American Classic winner dies. Uh, Louis Cortez died of a heart attack. He won the 1996 Preakness Stakes and placed in five other grade one stakes, including uh, the Breeders' Cup Classic. He died of an apparent heart attack. He's 24 years old. They were just calling him in. He galloped across the paddock and didn't make it to the gate and uh, just uh, just collapsed. Uh, of course, you may recall he had immediate promise as a young horse. Uh, second place finishes in the Hopeful and the Futurity Stakes, which were both grade ones. Nick Zito was his trainer, finished second in the Bluegrass, had a troubled trip in the Kentucky Derby, but did come back because uh, Zito said, hey, man, he was bouncing out of the Derby, felt good, and came back to win uh, the Preakness Stakes. Of course, that was Zito's first and actually his only Preakness victory. It was Pat Day's fifth on Louie, and that was his final Preakness win for Pat Day. He retired with earnings of, again, just over $2 million. He sired 36 black-type winners, so sorry to see him go. All right, a little bit of derby news. Epicharis, that's the horse we've been talking about in, um, in Japan, uh, he has earned his Derby win. Now, he is a grandson of Kentucky Derby winner Sunday Silence, so he is guaranteed a spot in the Kentucky Derby. They now have a series of races, four horses in Japan. Of course, you, you can see the logic in that. You can imagine the handle uh, that's going to be helped at Churchill Downs with the Japanese bettors betting into it. So uh, uh, with his most recent win, he's undefeated in four starts. It gave him 50 qualifying points. Now, uh, they weren't really sure when that race was over if he was going to go to the UAE Derby, but it was announced that he will be going uh, to Dubai. So he's going to kind of take the same route as Lanny, the Japanese horse that competed in the Triple Crown races uh, last year. So uh, with his wins and his points, uh, we'll see what he does making some more money in UAE. That's in March, so we'll have time to, uh, to rebound out of that. And uh, and come back, they say, if everything goes well, you're going to see him the first Saturday in May. Again, a grandson of Sunday Silence. That would be very cool. Well, uh, Classic Empire, we, we talked about uh, the fact that uh, he didn't win his debut last year's champion. And uh, Mark Cassie reports that while he is uh, breezing every morning, uh, it looks like that he is not going to make the fountain of youth. Uh, so he's staying fit. He says he's not going to miss any training, but he just wants the foot to heal a little bit better. Uh, so, you know, they can pass on the fountain of youth. They'll still have plenty of time and they want to do the right thing by the horse, which of course is always the right thing to do. It was an abscess in his right front hoof. Now, uh, the Southwest winner one liner is likely to have one more prep on April 1st or eighth, according to Todd Pletcher. Let's go to that race. Uh, we looked at it last week. Uh, and again, it was the Southwest grade three at Oaklawn Park. And the winner in there was one liner, three to one, Johnny V, Todd Pletcher, another son of Into Mischief. He's having a great, great a year as a sire. 
So one-liner is now undefeated. Three for three. If you go back and look at the race, he put in a really strong stretch run after rating nicely for Johnny V. In the second spot was Petroff. And uh, in third was looking at Lee. Now, uncontested, the Wayne Catalano trainee was in there. And we're going to talk to Wayne. And everything we've read, the horse came out of the race great. He looked fantastic. He was on the lead, just galloping along. Looked uh, just great. And uh, he just when it came to stretch time, what can I say? One liner was just a little bit stronger. So well, we'll talk to Wayne Catalano about uncontested and his plans for him. I do believe he's going to skip the Rebel Stakes and we'll see where he's going to show up next. Then out at Golden Gate Fields, it was a points race for the Kentucky Derby, the El Camino Real, a grade three, $200,000 upset time. That's right. 48 to 1. Uh, Kyle Frey gave a beautiful ride uh, to Zarkarov. Uh, drew the one hole, was totally ignored, was coming out of the California Derby, lost by uh, four lengths, and just bided his time, did not chase the speed, waited and waited and waited. And when he did hit the turn, all of a sudden he pulled off, got in the clear, and looked very, very impressive. Now, he's not nominated the Triple Crown, so we'll see if his connections elect to uh, pay the little extra money to get him into the Triple Crown. So uh, second in that race was Ann Arbor Eddie, but even though Mario Gutierrez was doing his best to try to keep him in against the rail, uh, he came out and was DQ'd, so uh, he got taken down, more power to him, got the second spot, and Tribal Storm got third. Again, we'll see uh, if we see Ann Arbor Eddie down the road. He is Triple Crown uh, nominated. And then uh, the Royal Delta, of course, uh, sad to say we heard about her passing last week. In that race, it was, hey, Bob Railbird Roberts was with us last week. He picked Curlin's approval. Got the job done over Mo Green, a 13-to-1 selection. Eskin for money was third. Uh, then at Laurel Park, the Barbara Fritchie, and again, it was another Bob Roberts pick, rated on the rail early, had to really work hard to get this horse going. High Ridge Road, a Linda Rice trainee, got the job done. We talked about horses that like certain surfaces, horse for course, Currently four for four at Laurel. That's High Ridge Road, who took the race over, favored by the Moon, who led into the lane. Uh, so uh, it was uh, one more that we looked at was just absolutely sensational. Gun runner finally out of jail down at the fairgrounds. He was quarantined and he just put in a sensational uh, performance, just shading the stakes record in the Razorback handicap, the grade three there at Oaklawn. Well, that's a look at the races we looked at last week. Right now, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking with the cat, Wayne Catalano. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? 
you can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and back with me, one of the most uh, celebrated guys in racing. He's done just a little bit of everything, and if you hear us breaking up a little bit, it's because it's Mardi Gras week down in New Orleans, and Wayne the Cat Catalano is back near his home roots. Wayne, can you hear me okay? I can hear you, John. How are you, brother? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Well, uh, thanks again for being on. I, I just kind of want to walk through uh, y- your history. You know, um, there was I w- uh, talked to Jack Van Berg, and I read his book, Jack from Grit to Glory, and there's a whole section in there called The Disciples, and it talks about Frankie Brothers, Bill Mott, and you. Were you really the uh, roustabout that your mother describes in this book? Ah, uh, just a little bit. I was... You know, growing up, I was like 15 years old, just doing some mistress stuff, and, you know, school wasn't my thing, and from there, it got me to the racetrack. Well, uh, I understand you, your brother Joe preceded you in the saddle, and you kind of followed him to Chicago rather than starting straight out in New Orleans. Is that correct? Yeah, that's, by the time uh, I could get to the track, I was turned 16. Uh, they wouldn't let me come work until I was 16. I was only 15 at the time. By then, Jack and... Joe ended up in Chicago, so I went there. All right. Well, uh, tell me about your, your introduction to Jack Van Berg. From everything I I got from his book, uh, he was a little bit like a Marine drill sergeant. Did he? Uh, was he a uh, had him a, a positive influence in your life during those early years? A hundred percent. Jack uh, brought me up. He's like a father to me. He taught me everything. You know, he taught me horsemanship. He taught me hard work, and you know, he. The best thing you can do is work hard, and that'll bring you success. The harder you work, successfully you become, the luckier you become. Now, was it hard to break you, like kind of a headstrong yearling when you first started out, or was Jack so intimidating you just did what he wanted you to do? Not at all. I had my mindset that I wanted to be a jockey when I came to the track. So, you know, and I worked my way up. Jack taught you, you know, when you come to the track with Sandberg, you know, he taught you how to walk horses, 
groom horses, gallop horses, be assistant trainer, or everything that you have to do on the racetrack. He taught me, you know, horsemanship, and that's kind of my stage for where I'm at in my career. Well, obviously, he had a, a big effect in your life during those early days, including uh, putting you uh, up on some of his uh, better horses when you were starting out riding. Yes, I wrote first call for him when I started when I started Bamber Jockey in 1974. I was riding 90% of Bamber's horses at the tracks that we were at. Well, I, I know that uh, it seems like once you, you know, once, once you matured and you put your mind on something, uh, you really got it done. So uh, w- w- when you left from from his shed row and committed yourself to the saddle, I mean, uh, you finished second behind Steve Cawthon when he was the hottest jock in North America. And then you just tore up the Midwest. Uh, you shattered Larry Snyder's record at Hazel Park with 176 wins, uh, second leading jockey in the nation in in, in 77. Uh, kind of describe uh, some of the highlights of your riding career, if you could. Well, you know, riding career was very, very good. We, we won a lot of titles. We broke records, not only Snyder's record. We broke Steve Coffin's record 41 days straight to the winner's circle, one or more winners. Steve held the record at 35. You well, know, and we had a lot of, we had a lot of success as a jockey. Thanks for Van Burry putting us on a lot of live horses, and, you know, he's, you know, he got me going to I mean, we have to learn how to ride and get on other horses. When you're winning, everybody wants to ride you. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, from what I understand, it was a knee injury that put you back on the ground uh, back in 1983. And how was the transition from the saddle to training? Because not all jockeys are successful at it. Well, when I was toward the end of my career, I knew I was going to be a trainer. I was learning it and, you know, staying at the barn and going back after being a jockey you know, learning the ropes to be a trainer and just hanging around the barn and doing the things it takes to, to learn to be a trainer. And I knew what I wanted to do then, you know. My knee gave me a little problem back when, uh, you know, I get a little older, heart got a little weak, and I decided that, you know, I'm going to stay training horses. I didn't go back to ride. I had a couple of horses while I was waiting for my knee to heal and decided not to go back. Well, um, now what... Obviously, it took a few years to get to the level you're at. And when I look at uh, some of your, your biggest success stories, um, as far as, uh, I mean, you, you were the, the, the champion trainer at Hawthorne in 87, 89, 2004. Uh, you were the champion trainer at Sportsman's. Uh, but uh, then, you know, in addition to the bigs, Arlington Park, 2000, 2002, 2003, more recent years, 2005, all the way through 2010, uh, some of the big ones came to you. Now, three that really stand out in my mind are Dreaming of Anna, She Be Wild, and Stephanie's Kitten. Obviously, two of them went on to become Eclipse Award winners, um, and, and uh, all of them won Breeders' Cup races. What is it about you and two-year-old fillies? Well, we've been very successful with them out. No, I always say, well, the ladies man, so I'm do it with the girls. <laughs> well, it's it, kind of it, a joke it, that we say all the time, but no, we, we've been very successful with them. So, you know, we have been, we've been very fortunate to get some good opportunities in my career. You know, he's talking about Fanbury. When I started training, he gave me a good start. He gave me Mr. John Frank. He gave me some horses for John Frank, and, you know, that kind of got my career jump started right there. 
Um, well, what's it like right now? You know, you've really, you, you've worked hard. You've gotten yourself to the big stage. Uh, you developed Eclipse Award winners. Uh, you, you've won uh, Breeders' Cup races. Uh, that uh, You've kind of got a circuit that brings you back to perform in front of your family and friends in New Orleans. Yeah, it was a wonderful time. You know, we won the Louisiana Derby with Crypto Star. I went on to win the Arkansas Derby and took me to the Kentucky Derby. So that was one of the highlights of my career. To win the, to win the Louisiana Derby in New Orleans, fans from New Orleans was my family and friends and everybody. That was it was a very special race. Well, you know, with, with the uh, the amazing, you know career that you've had, not only as a jockey uh, and as a trainer, uh, you've got a young rider that seems to be riding for you on a regular basis, who I always was very impressed with, and that's Channing Hill, but there's kind of a family connection there. He's actually your son-in-law. Is, is, is that a plus or, or is it a minus? Do you guys ever, uh, you know, get, you know, argue about something or get in a fight? Or? No, it's a plus. He's a wonderful kid. I'm very lucky to have him as a son-in-law. Actually, he's a good boy, and he's a family good jockey. You know, we ride him on our horses because he's a good rider, not because he's family. But uh, it, it's always real nice when you can have a family affair in the winter circle. And everybody's in there. It's like you know, it's bring family together. This is a very, very special industry that we're in. You know, it brings all the family and people. This is what it's about. So when you can do that, it, it's unbelievable. Absolutely. Now, where where do your uh, where does your son uh, in law and daughter live? Are they in the Chicago area? Or are they in the New Orleans area? Actually, they live in Louisville. Oh, okay. So pretty much in between. In, they just bought a home in Louisville, not Louisville, but some part of Louisville. I don't even know where St. Matthews or someplace like that. So they kind of they got a home in Kentucky, actually. Well, I, I, I see you quite often uh, in, in Keeneland uh, uh, during both the fall and the spring meet. What would you describe as your circuit, if there is one? Well, you know, Kentucky, obviously Kentucky, Chicago, Louisiana, and Arkansas started to be my circuit. I used to be Florida, but we don't go to Florida anymore. So it's kind of been Louisiana and Arkansas and Kentucky. Well, Chicago, uh, you know, in Chicago in the summer. I, I must say, th- there's not too many trainers that can say that they have uh, horses on the leaders' board at this point in both the Kentucky Derby and the Kentucky Oaks. If you can, can you take me back to last week's Southwest? Because I'll tell you, uh, turning for home, uh, I would not have sold my ticket to anybody on uncontested it looked like uh channing had him running relaxed uh, he looked he looked strong um they were good fractions uh, uh but as you know not every horse has his best race every day yes well we, we just going to kind of put a line through that race right there we had a couple things going on and we're going to get them things straight it was a little hot hotter than we would like to have been that day he didn't come back very well. From the, I thought he got like a little bit of a heat stroke, and maybe he got to him. He might have displaced a little bit. But we went back to the drawing board. We get that straightened out, and it looks like uh, he came back good enough that we'll be fine. Well, yeah, from every, everything I've heard, uh, Harry Rosenblum, uh, yeah, your, your owner has checked it out, and he's like, hey, you know, it's one of those things sometimes you just got to uh, to scratch your head. But it looks like you're, you're probably going to script uh, skip the Rebel Stakes. Where might we see uh, this son of Tis Wonderful again? We're going we're gonna to probably look at the Arkansas Derby because we're there. We like the track. 
we're going to see uh, how everything goes in the next week or so. But right now, I'm very happy that he came back well and we can follow and train him and, you know, straighten up the little things that we think that caused him and we'll have to do that. Go back to the drawing board. Now, are are you on a plane a lot going between Oaklawn and and Fairgrounds? Because of course your your big girl uh, for for the Oaks, who's very strong uh, on the leaderboard for the Oaks, of course is uh, is Farrell. And uh, you gotta like the fact that she started her career at Churchill Downs is already a, a graded stakes race winner, going long at the track uh, in in the Golden Rod. Uh, you know. Uh, uh, so are you part-time at Oaklawn and part-time at, at the fairgrounds, or do you have an assistant that's covering one of the two? No, I'm, I'm very fortunate they got the new airline, Glow, that takes you from Little Rock to New Orleans. So I've been pretty quick flying back and forth there. They got a new airline to take you right from Little Rock to New Orleans. You don't have to go through Houston or Dallas or anywhere like that. So we don't have to do all that traveling that way. So we just jump on the plane and take you right to New Orleans, and we're good to go. So I've been doing that. We've been covering both spots, but we do have assistance at both spots. All right, Wayne, um, what can you tell me? Uh, I mean, it sure looks like 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 Farrell has been on her toes um, at the fairgrounds. It looks like she likes the strip. Uh, she, uh, you know, just had a workout last week where she was second best of 42, uh, going five furlongs in under a minute. We know there's some good horses training down there. Her work before that was an awful good one. Uh, what can you tell us uh, about Farrell? She's training very, very good. So we're very happy in the position that we're in right now with the way she's training and the way she's coming up to the race. That's always things you look for, you know, if you can get a your horse to come into the race real well like she is, and you got to be very happy about it. Well, you certainly you certainly should. I mean, uh, her workout regimen has been great. Um, you know, the fact that uh, looking down the road, you know, you know, you never want to get too far ahead of yourself. But uh, she know you know she likes uh, the, the Churchill uh, Strip. I, I've got. Uh, can you tell me anything about Coffee Pot Stable because they both own and bred Farrell? Right, they're wonderful people. They got a couple of broodmares that they breed, and they buy a couple of horses. And, uh, you know, I've been very fortunate to better train some horses for them. They, like I said, they're wonderful people. They're in the family, so we're happy to have me and Chang and everybody and Little Whaling, so it's really a wonderful thing. Now, I don't know if you... They're in the game, and I'm very happy that it has some good success. Well, it looks, it looks to set up to be a really good race. Uh, it's interesting, though. Obviously, everybody's saying the main competition for you will be this uh, Valadorna because Valadorna came out from Arcassi and ran a bang-up race at the fairgrounds, too. Uh, do you think that she's the filly to beat, or are you the filly to beat? Well, you know, there's a couple of nice horses in that race. Anytime you get that kind of a race, they're good horses, or they wouldn't be in that race. But I really like my filly. I wouldn't think places with anybody. Well, Wayne, listen, it's it's been great talking to you. I know that it is a Mardi Gras week down there. You've got family and friends. I, I appreciate you sneaking away from dinner to, to spend some time with us and uh, certainly wish you nothing but the best. And uh, perhaps we'll see you at Keeneland or Louisville. Thank you very much. It's always a pleasure, John. 
All right. Take care. We've been listening to Wayne Catalano, uh, a guy that came up the hard way. Again, if you read Jack from Grit to Glory, you'll read a little bit more into those younger years about the cat, Wayne Catalano, and again, who's made the successful transition from uh, top jockey to top trainer. And we've got a little kind of positive push there on Farrell, one of the races that we will be looking at with Gary Johnson, who's going to join us next. So, Wayne the Cat, he's out on Bourbon Street someplace. We're going to take a break, and uh, I think we're going to go up to beautiful Cleveland, Ohio, and talk to Gary Johnson. Take a short break. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. All right, and with me, no stranger to winning ponies, Gary Johnson. I've reached out to him many times when it's come around contest time, and uh, he, he was out there playing. He's known as one of the top handicappers. He's pretty much been doing that for 10 years, but prior to that, he was uh, one of the top trainers in the Midwest. As I told you, seven years in a row, he dominated the standings at Thistledown. He stayed very, very busy, I believe, at the peak of his career. He had as many as 150 horses in his care, and he'll obviously correct me if I'm wrong. Gary Johnson, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing a lot better, John, than I talked to you last time. I was in the in the men's room at the Bellagio, if you recall. So uh, <laughs> I am doing a little better, so it should be a little more quieter today. Well, uh, uh, 
Pete Fornatale uh, has, has been on the show before. He handles cat, uh, all the uh, handicapping contests for the Daily Racing Forum. And he, all of a sudden, it was about oh, a week or so ago, this article came out. I saw Gary Johnson. I said, I better read this. Did he just win uh, you know, another tournament like the 2015 Preakness uh-huh. Betting Challenge at Santa Anita or what happened? And instead, I'm finding out that you are uh, – Changing hats again, shall we say, or boots for that matter, uh, that you're going from the uh, guest suite in Santa Anita uh, to uh, cleaning stalls at Thistledown. Yeah, John. Uh, actually, nobody, nobody knew it. I, it was eating me up for a while, you know, to make my decision what I was going to do. And I talked to my kids. I have a lot of grandkids. And, uh, you know, I got back from Vegas at the end of January. And I had my mind made up when I got on the plane, but I hadn't said anything to anybody. And Peter was actually the first person I talked to about three days later. We had a little conversation and, um, you know, I made my mind up. and That's what I was going to do full time. Well, uh, you know, welcome back uh, to this side of the racing world. Uh, Now, certainly, Gary, now you've got to start from scratch. But, I mean, you're expertise as a handicapper has to help because correct me if I'm wrong, but you were primarily a claiming trainer when you were in in Ohio, but you had a keen eye for horses. And also because of your handicapping skills, you could see horses that, you know, had a chance to improve just as that's how you've cashed a lot of tickets. And that's helped you a lot in the claiming game. So explain how you can take your handicapping skills and apply that to, to the claiming game. Yeah, I really, you know, I'm a, I read the form every single day. You know, that's about all I ever did. You know, from the days before I trained horses and the days including when I was handicapping uh, races. So morning to night, and I would uh, just do the handicap and see horses in trouble. And just, it would just be natural for me, you know, to see, to be watching races and see horses uh, maybe misplaced by a trainer or a jockey that isn't as good as some of the other ones. And uh, I've always been able, you know, sometimes you put them on your stable watch to bet that. But, you know, now that I'm going to be training, I'm going to put horses on my stable a lot to claim back. So it's going to, it's going to be some fun, I think. It'll, it'll be very interesting. I mean, well, let's face it, Gary, with the 10-year hiatus, probably some of your regular owners uh, are not in the game anymore or not even alive anymore. Uh, so what, what's your methodology going to be? It should be interesting. Yeah, I re- actually, I have a, an owner that I had before, Jerry O'Leary, that was a basketball coach. And I took him to Tampa last week, got him eligible to claim, because Tampa or Florida, one of these unique states, if you don't own a horse, you'll be able, you can get an open claiming license to claim one horse. So it really helps to get new people involved, and you can go to Florida and claim your first choice in your own name, which uh, a lot of people don't realize. And that's my method about this, uh, what I'm doing now, is I'm getting some new people involved, looking for people, and I'm going to Tampa. I'm going to go down, and people want a horse, you know, we claim one. So that's... Uh, I think it would be exciting to get new people involved. Plus, uh, you know, I've got some other people. Ron Pellucci's offered me a job here the last about every year, so hopefully I'll be getting a call from him again. But uh, he was a good friend of mine, John, as you probably know, and uh, and it's, it's basically going to be a grind, you know, to get, to get born again. Well, you know, I, I had Ron on the show about two weeks ago. Uh, he He's had such an amazing run over the past two years. He's another guy that started out in the Cleveland area with claimers and developed an eye for horse flesh and he's obviously a good businessman has made some amazing uh private purchases uh going back to uh cara maria who, who won the breeders cup and uh now he Reed has a, oh i'm sorry thank you very much 
Um, okay. you, you know, and, uh, and, and the horses he has now that are competing in graded stakes races. Uh, he won the $400,000 Poseidon with Imperative. Uh, and he realizes he can't spend all his money. He takes in partners, but I believe it was Bold Conquest, a son into mischief, uh, that he turned right around and cashed in and just missed in a blanket finish uh, last week in a graded stakes race at Santa Anita. And the, and the one thing about Ron is, and you know this too from watching his horses, is that he's not afraid to spread around his trainers. No, he's not. In, in reality, uh, I got him the trainer for Reed Antonio, or I helped him. Uh, helped him with Jeffrey Dosevich. You, you know, I put him as a friend of mine, you know, some people I knew were, were good and they win and they work hard and and Ron's got an eye for a horse that, like nobody else. I think I can spot a horse. He, he'd probably put me to shame. He's on a different level. But he's another one that's there from, and I've seen him, you know, from the morning to midnight. He'll be watching races and watching horses. And and uh, he's got, he's, he's, he's a more risk taker than me. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I still, you know, that's, we're still kind of from the old school still with the racing for him. Well, because of his success, I think his pockets are a little bit deeper than you at this point, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, so hopefully I'll get a call from him, which I'm sure I will. And, and I'm not looking to have 150 horses. I mean, when, and especially like when you're on top, and I was for those years, the, the pressure, John, you, nobody realizes there's some serious pressure, you know, to perform. And uh, I think this time around, I'll be smaller and I'll have a lot more fun. Well, I, I, again, you know, and also, uh, like yourself, Ron is not a play, afraid to play the game in the claiming ranks either. Yes, he's made some headlines of late with some of the good horses he's had, but uh, like Warpass, and, but uh, <clears throat> he still maintains a pretty large stable, and I think a lot of them are in the Cleveland area. Yes, yes, I think he, uh, well, he's got started here, you know, you know the, the history behind him, and he kind of got started here. This is where I got started. When I trained before, I'd see Ron around the track, and Ron was just uh, one of those guys like to hang around and gamble a little bit, you know, kind of like me, but, uh, you know, and he's went on to, uh, a lot bigger and, you know, things that you wouldn't even, I couldn't dream about, you know, some of the races that he runs in. So I'm looking uh, to run exclusively at Thistledown, you know, get, get out there and get my feet wet a little bit, and it's going to be some fun, John. All right. it, it absolutely is. Well, I, I'm glad you're looking at it that way, and I'm guessing part of the reason was, you know, neither of us are spring chickens, and you want to get back to where your family is. I definitely do. I have eight grandkids, you know, two daughters, and that's what it's all about right now. At my point in my life, and the travel was a blast. I mean, I have been to places I never thought I'd ever be. Um, I was actually in the panel for the Breeders' Cup for all the races. You know, I had passes. And uh, being around the horses, you know, I snuck down in the winter circle with the older. That was pretty exciting. And uh, just being on the road, I mean, I've, I've did it all. And uh, it's been fun. I mean, a lot of fun. And uh, But, you know, I just want to be home now. And I really miss back, you know, with the, with the racetrackers and and uh, being part of it. And I, I just spent a week in Tampa last week, and it was what a feeling. So I, I'm glad. Because in, in the NHC finals this past year, my bad beats didn't seem to bother me. I didn't have a whole lot of emotion, so I kind of knew it was time, you know, to do something else. Well, that's great. You've come full circle. Well, real quick, it looks like I got about four minutes left before our first break. Um, I gave you a couple races. Hope you were able to pull them down. I think you caught the, the tail end of uh, my interview with Wayne Catalano. Uh, okay. So the Rachel Alexandra, we're into the big points now. 
for the Oaks and the Derby. And this is going to be a key race. Um, I'm having an awful time separating uh, the Cat's Horse Feral and uh, Valadorna both who uh, had successful juvenile seasons and came up with bang-up races at the fairgrounds. Yeah, um, I, I happened to watch that re- rerun on Valadorna when we, we had to discuss we're going to do this race. I'm going to tell you what, she was in hand last with a horse that was a clear lead that wasn't even getting pressed at all. And when he Julian pushed a button, it was a go. And uh, I'll tell you what, she was super impressive with no speed to run at. I'm thinking there's going to be a little more speed here Saturday. So I really think she's she's going to be really tough to beat. Really yeah, tough. and uh, you know, a, a daughter of Curlin, he's on fire right now. So uh, uh, hard, hard to knock that. Uh, but but certainly, uh, you know, Farrell's another you know horse for course. Both of them are one for one at fairgrounds. It's going to be a great matchup. Uh, I, I think it comes down to those two. Do you see anybody that can that can knock that can split that exacta up? I don't see anybody because I think Farrell is, is very versatile to go close to the lead, or she could she could even get it if nobody else wants it. And uh, you're going to have the five Valador. I think it's ice cold exact to tell you the truth. These two are uh, way ahead of these horses, I believe. Yeah, and I would not be surprised to, to, to see them both in in the starting gate in the Kentucky Oaks because. They're going to get they're going to get big points in here, and then probably do one more prep before. And with the talent they've already exhibited as juveniles, uh, I think they'll find another spot, win or place. I think we're going to see them the uh, first Friday of May uh, down at Churchill Downs. I think you're right on that one. I mean, this is this is a heck of a matchup this early in the year for these two. All right. Well, we're talking with Gary Johnson, who's uh, been. Uh, doing the uh, the handicapping trail, shall we say. Uh, for the last 10 years, he's having a career change. Uh, going to start back up. Uh, he had a great uh, success as a trainer. And uh, we're going to come back, handicap a couple races. And if time allows, talk a little bit more about where his future is going to take him. We're on the air with Gary Johnson, and you're listening to Winning Ponies. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. 
Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and back with me is a guy that was a leading trainer and then became a leading handicapper. Uh, he's pretty much, uh, you know, traveled all over doing that. I was, quote, gotten it out of his system, perhaps. And he's going to head back to, to family and friends in uh, northeast uh, Ohio. Of course, uh, uh, Gary, you know, the, the rumor was, was that the, he helped a Cleveland-based syndicate cash for $2 million worth of consolations in the 1991 Breeders' Cup Pick 7. I was talking to, you know, Bob Railbert Roberts. I was, had him on the show last week. He said, yeah, he said, I think that hit got Gary back even for the year. <laughs> I don't know about for the year, but maybe for the last couple of years, yeah. I, I need another one, though, by the way, John. <laughs> Real quick. <laughs> I just had to share that with you. You, 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 uh, know, you know the Railbird. Oh, so, yeah, uh, Railbird. I actually seen him yesterday, John. I seen him yesterday. Oh, he never changes. Oh, did you really? Great, I yeah. He, he still loves the game. I mean, it's a shame that the Plain Dealer and just about every other paper in the United States has done away with turf riders because I always enjoyed Bob. But he's staying in the game. We're going to be together at the uh, Ohio uh, Breeders' Award here at Darby Dan Farm next month. So it'll be fun seeing him there. But uh, we just uh, talked about a race uh, at the fairgrounds. It's going to have Oaks points. Now we got a big race, the Risen Star mile and a 16th at the at the fairgrounds and uh this one's a little more wide open nobody's ducking anybody looks like they're going to try to stuff 14 horses uh in the gate i think there's opportunities in here to maybe find a price yeah you know the 14 horse field you kind of got to work out a trip and uh you know this is an interesting race i have two horses that's pretty fast that kind of meet the lead and the three local hero and the eight core hero I'm kind of looking, what if one of them scratches? You know, that's kind of going to put the other horse alone on the lead. But if they both run, I definitely got to look somewhere else. You know, I got to figure they're going to hook, you know, and uh, definitely going to look for a closer. But, uh, you know, looking at it, I mean, takeoff with Julian Pro is probably going to stalk the speed sitting outside. Uh, Mark Casey, you know, you've mentioned him a few times. I mean, he's he's on a roll. Julian's his go-to rider. So I think at 10-1, to 1, he'd be a, be a nice little wager here, especially one in place. I'm not sure if he can can get up to be some of these, but uh, I think with a stalking position and uh, right off the pace, there could be a price. Well, you know, the the fairgrounds can be a quirky track, and you like horses that, that have won over that strip. Uh, guest Suite at 6-1, to one, trained by Neil Howard. Robbie Alberano is going to be worked up. I think this is one that can't be overlooked. He's down there training at the fairgrounds, uh, coming off uh, – couple bullet works coming into this gate uh, race uh 61 neil howard training uh robbie riding I, I think this horse is a lot of value yeah he, he i like the post you know being on the inside well six to the inside compared to 14 but i really think you know, as we're looking for trips this is probably is going to be the trip horse in here believe it or not just go to the post you know going to be able to drop in save some ground and he definitely is on top of this game and he's he's beat about half of these horses in here so uh Six to one. I'm a little surprised that that he's that high on on the odds board. You know, like you said, he's been he's been he won at Fairgrounds and he beat all these horses, so he's definitely a contender. And one other horse we probably should mention just Motown. 
he's got a huge angle that I like working at Payson Park. You know, I really like those horses coming out of there, but he hasn't ran a fairgrounds yet, so that's why I didn't pick him, you know, to win the race. No, and, and and the other thing about Motown, and let's face it, you can't knock the connections with uh, no. Johnny V and, and Dick Dutro, but, uh, you know, that field in the Remsen didn't really so far go on to do a whole lot. Uh, so we're not, we're not sure who he beat in there, but yeah, he's training extremely forwardly at Pace and Park. But certainly, uh, as you know, a, a trip over that fairground strip that can sometimes be a little deep and tiring is is, is an edge for some horses. Um, right. I see. You, you're right on with that one. Yeah, and um, you know, uh, like uh, I'm sure. Uh, so conflated, the outside horse is probably going to draw action just because of its connections with Redham and Mario Gutierrez and Doug O'Neill. But uh, quite frankly, that his best race was over a synthetic track. Uh, he's shipping in from Santa Anita. You know, he may get some play, and that's why I think that this race, though I haven't you know zoned in on anybody, uh, is one where you look for a price. I mean, you know, you, you've got uh, four last out stakes winners in here. Uh, cool Arrow comes in off a, a win at, at Remington Park, but that was a really easy fraction. And I think he's got a lot more to prove against this bunch. Yes, he does. Uh, um, again, this is a, you know, I was looking at it real quick, and I really don't have any extras. Every horse in here, you can make a reason for him to win. I mean, they're all pretty well in good form. I don't see a horse that really don't belong in here. That is way overmatched. So what a competitive race. No, this is one of those races, Gary, you know, if you were at the track, you go down to the paddock and look at them and don't go to the window until after you see them trot out on the track because they're so evenly matched, you want to see who's looking good on that day. So it's going to be a great, great betting race, uh, the grade two uh, risen star. Well, uh, the last points race uh, on the card on Saturday is going to be New York. It's the Busher. It's not graded anymore, but it is $150,000. The race uh, has some history to it, and uh, so it's going to get – you know, some attention. Obviously, if if Churchill deemed it point worthy, it is. And um, the whole thing in here that I can't figure out, and I hope you can hold my hands, help me, is all the. I would say the majority of these horses have all been sprinting. Uh, you know, who's who's going to stretch out successfully? Yeah, five of the five of the ten did sprint, have been sprinting, but uh, the eight Spanish Har- Harlem was unbelievably impressive last time. I mean, he just yep. waited for room. He just let him run, let her run a little bit, and she was much the best. The only thing I see is Raheem took off to ride to five, who, you know, but I really like it with Carmucci on him. I mean, this, this is a winner, Spanish Harlem. I just think she's, she's bred to run long, and I think she's going to love this setup. Well, you're looking over my shoulder here. I'm going to have to check my uh, my uh, my Skype thing because I think you're looking at my racing form here. Uh, oh. I, I've got the same notes. I've I've got easy win uh, written past uh, Spanish Harlem's name, and the you know advantage of course likes Aqueduct. Now uh, Rajiv, I think he wants to make sure he stays in the Jimmy Jerkins camp. That could be the reason for the the jump. You know, o- over to Full House. Now, Full House did like the stretch to a mile, uh, and and he won that race so easily by thirteen and three quarter lengths ag- against a day where uh, the track was favoring closers. So he liked the stretch to a mile. So Full House is is going to be very interesting. I think a horse we haven't mentioned yet, 
It's only had one start this year. It was successful in a $100,000 race at Aqueduct. Enter going short is Yorkie Pooh Princess. A little bit of a head scratcher. Could be part of the pace scenario. Yeah, I definitely think she's... Uh definitely part of the pace and there is going to be some pace you know you see there's some, these sprinters going along i can't see them closing i mean they're they're kind of one-dimensional you know either when they get the lead and go to slow enough fraction to win it but she's the one that's probably going to have the lead from the three hole she she's the one that maybe could do that that scenario is going from uh, sprint to route but uh who knows how good she is but uh, i'm really really looking for a closer in here well, uh, we'll find out. And again, this is the time of year where guys find out whether or not they got a closer in the barn or not. As you know, they, they run them short as young horses, and they're, most of them have only had a race or two as three-year-olds, so it'll be interesting. And some of them have tried different surfaces, like Yorkie Poo Princess, uh, who, who's been on several uh, turf courses. And uh, Again, I think this is one where it's a little wide open, but I you're going to tip my hand, Gary. I agree with you on Spanish. All right. <laughs> I'm going to come out of retirement from training and then go back to gambling. <laughs> well, I'm sure I, I'm, I'm sure that you have not seen the last time you're going to a window, Gary Johnson. <laughs> Listen, I wish, I wish you nothing but the best in your career change. I hope I'm helping you get the word out there. Uh, I'm sure people uh, don't forget uh, a guy that's won as many training titles as you. I know you got plenty of connections uh, where you are. And like you said, you're already harvesting some new phone, uh, owners. And uh, I think you're going to be great. And I look forward to seeing you on the Ohio circuit, my friend. Uh, John, I really appreciate it. And I appreciate you inviting me on. It's been fun. Always fun with you. Absolutely. It's always fun with you. And hey, wish your best to your brother Billy. I know he's on the mend right now. Uh, I've had him on several times. Of course, he's Deshaun Parker's longtime agent, and I know uh, that he had an unfortunate circumstance. And uh, tell him I hope he's uh, well on the mend. I sure will, John. I really, I'm sure he'll appreciate it too. Okay, we've been talking with Gary Johnson. Previous to that, we've been talking to the cat, Wayne Catalano. Uh, has uh, two horses on the Oaks and Derby Trail. I really appreciate his time calling us on Mardi Gras week from New Orleans. So for uh, producer Matt Widener, I'm John Engelhart. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies. Tell your friends about it. We're going to be on podcast tomorrow. Spread the word. And remember, when you go to the races, bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.